Church Reviews, Church Consultations, and Churches in Transitions. This is the topic of this week's ReChurch. Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. This is Marshall Fant with ReChurch. This morning I have the great privilege of having John Turner as our person to interview. John, welcome. Thank you. So John's background is he is pastor at Grace Baptist Church in Hampton, Virginia. So John, Hampton, Virginia is located where? Uh, Hampton, Virginia is one of the cities of Hampton Roads. It's in southeastern Virginia. It is a military community and a an area of great uh, change. We have folks who are constantly moving in and out of the area for military service. All right, and so the context of this particular podcast is Grace Baptist Church was in transition. Pastor Luthi, David Luthi, had been there how many years, 15, 16, 17? He was here uh, just over 15 years. Okay, and during the process of, of him deciding to retire, he called me, and the conversation generally was, uh, look, Marsh, I want you to retire. I want to transition the church, but I want the church to really know who they are, where they are, and who they need to call instead of just hiring somebody different from me. So we met with Pastor Luthi and his wife and the church and went up and did a, a church review. And after the review, then they were talking to you through the pulpit committee. So we kind of want to pick it up there. John, where really we want to go with this is we did a church review. They're in transition. They called you as pastor, you and Anya. And so from there, I want, just want you to be able to tell people the advantages, disadvantages of having a review on hand as you came in as the pastor. Now, you and I have known each other a long time, so as we go through this, now you are now living in Hampton, Virginia, a very international area, and you're married to Anya, so tell us a little bit about Anya. So, Anya is Polish. She was born and raised in Poland. She is the daughter of a pastor. Uh, she was very evangelistic and involved in outreach over there. She came to the United States to work on her master's degree. We met while I was in seminary. And then uh, we're married. We have one son, Daniel, who's almost three. All right. Again, our background, you started attending our church when you were an undergrad at Winthrop University. Then God called you into vocational ministry. You went and got an MDiv. You met Anya, right, when you were getting your MDiv? That's correct. And then you came back to our church and did, what, a two-year internship? That's right, a pastoral internship for two uh, years. Yep, and did all kind of things. And then from there, you went to Indiana. That's correct. We were in Indiana for a little over four years, and I was serving as the outreach pastor uh, on staff of the church up there. So then you get the call from Grace Baptist in Hampton, Virginia. What I want to walk through is we did the church review before they contacted you. We gave them a full review of who they are, where they are, and then we turned this over to the pulpit committee and had a conversation of really the type of, of giftedness that was really needed to take the church to the next level. Again, the church had been very stable, right, John? Uh, yes, it, it was uh, stable. The uh, members here had been here for a long time. There was a, a declining attendance, but there was no urgency or no major red flags, I guess. Right, because it was not a scandal. There was not, I mean, Pastor Luther had been faithful preaching and faithful in all areas of his life. 
So the church was just stable but declining, which is a condition of a lot of churches, right? That's correct. Okay. So now as you first met with the pulpit committee, okay, so let's walk through that a little bit. So the pulpit committee's got all this information in hand of a church review. We reviewed, we interviewed all the people. We had a demographic study. We had a financial review. We had a facilities review. So then they've got all this information, and now they start talking to you. So during the process of candidating, at what point did they tell you, okay, we've got this consultation report? At what point did they open up with you about that? So during the interview process, they let me know that that process had taken place. Okay. Uh, now, they, they did not offer the report at that time. And so we went through the interviews uh, after two separate interviews and, and eventually their time and deciding that they would like me uh, to be the candidate for the church. At that time, I knew about the report, and so I actually requested that I might be able to see it at that mm-hmm. time. All right, so what was your I- initial reaction, knowing this church had had a, a consultation done before they started really as the search process began? What was your reaction to that? I guess excitement <laughs> would and probably why? be the best term, yeah. because because I, I was looking, you know, and I'd been through the interview process. I had asked questions along the way, but it, at that point in time, it's, it's almost like you're getting a individual perspectives of the pulpit committee. So this is the perspective of five individuals. And, and I, I hear, you know, each one may answer a question differently. But the report provided the perspective of the membership, the whole church. Okay. It was as though you, you know, you went from a, a maybe a, a postcard or, or something like that to now you have a full poster-sized photograph of what is happening. Hmm. It broadened the perspective greatly. All right. So even though you were from the basic area geographically, and you knew the background of military bases because your dad worked civil service, I mean, you know, you you knew all this, but it was still the perspective of the church you needed to figure out, right? Right, right. I, I knew the area, but I did not know the people of the church. Okay, go ahead. And that, you know, that standpoint, the individuals, their loves, their desires, uh, where they are from a ministry perspective, what they think about the church, all of those aspects, I, I didn't have any great insight on. I had a couple of opinions, but I wasn't sure if it was representative. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you get the report before you ever visited the church? I did. You did? Okay. I I did, and that was a huge help. All right, so now part of this report is a demographic study of what they considered their Jerusalem. And, of course, part of that, knowing you and knowing Anya, is a large international segment. Is that right? Uh, Yes, yes. There is a large international population, and this area just has a lot of movement. There are folks coming in and out all the time. Okay, and I think even within the church, if I remember correctly, there was at least one international couple. Yes. Okay. So when you you have this information going in, talk to me a little about, or talk to our audience a little bit about, before you get to the church, you got this, I don't know, 70-page report about the church. What information in that report helped you and Anya understand maybe some questions to ask once you got there? I mean, without too many specifics, but what was it? about the report? Sure. So part of the things that we saw in the report were the individual survey questions of the folks or the members of the church. Okay. And so um, as they're answering a question, I I like this, I don't like that. 
I could follow up and say, what are you doing here? Right. That if there are many people who, who don't like something or have questions about something, I immediately was able to to know, OK, these are areas that I need to ask uh, additional information about. And some of those questions I wouldn't have even necessarily thought to ask apart from that report. And may not really be in a position if you're the candidate coming in. I mean, there's certain obvious questions you do want to ask. But a lot of these questions go beyond what a typical candidate would ask. Is that fair to say? Uh, yes, yes. It, 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 it kind of opened the church up. They, they became more transparent by releasing the report to me. Mm -hmm. and, and as a result, um, I felt more confident through the process that I have a better understanding of what is, what is actually happening and, and what is going on in the church. Yeah, if I remember right, that report had a financial review of the history of the church finances. It had a facilities review, so you knew everything about the facilities, the area of town it was in. It had, a, like I said, the questionnaire with the congregational. It had a philosophy of ministry review. So all that kind of dissected the church for you. Is that fair to say? It is, and, and I think it, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you're renting a hotel room on the Internet. You get the uh, photo snapshots, right? Yeah. You, you see the photos, and, and then you hope that it matches. You know, those stage <laughs> photos match when you're there. Right. And, and so I, I had the photo snapshot in advance, and thankfully when we came, the picture that I saw matched what what I was expecting. And, you know, there, there are strengths and there are weaknesses in every ministry. One of the weaknesses here had to do with the interior of our facility being dated. Mm-hmm. Well, when I walked in the door, I wasn't surprised with what I saw or shocked. Right. Uh, I, I was already prepared for that reality. Yeah, and for the sake of our uh, listening audience, so Grace Baptist Church in Hampton, Virginia is in a neighborhood area, but a busy street, very well-kept grounds, busy area, but yet the interiors where the church where it really suffered. Is that fair to say? Yes, that's yeah. fair to say. So uh, you knew that going in. So you were not shocked when you walked into, it's a brick church, but when you walked inside, you realized the interior definitely needs some work. That's right. But you understood, I think, the church was stable financially. Uh, yes. Anything else on this report that kind of helped you say, okay, this gives me a better idea of where things are? Right. So um, one of the things that helped were there were very specific recommendations um, in each of those areas. And so when I came in, I already had the starting of a, of a blueprint for the first year of ministry. Okay. Those questions, really what the challenges would be for the coming year, were largely laid out in advance. Now, you, you learn additional things as you come into the church. Right. But that was a, that was a tremendous benefit to help kind of hit the ground running. As, as we started the ministry here. And I think uh, the people at Grace Baptist were very kind. And again, Pastor Luther, this was driven by him. Okay, this is driven by his desire for the church to do well once he leaves. So I think they realized changes need to be made. And this just kind of set the table for that discussion with you and them. Is that a good way to say it? Definitely. And, you know, that was probably... Um, there were two things that made us really want to come to Grace Baptist Church. The first was that they loved their pastor. Mm. They absolutely loved Pastor Luthi. They still love Pastor Luthi. I said, wow, if, they, if a church loves their pastor that much, mm -hmm. I'd love to be there. <laughs> right. Uh, the second part was that 
there were very few areas where folks were just clinging on to something. I have to have this on a peripheral issue. They recognized that, that there needed to be changes, and they were looking for a pastor to help through that process. And then you got to know Pastor Luthi. Uh, for the sake of our pastor friends that are listening, that are about to transition out, what, what was it that made Pastor Luthi willing and wanting to do this review? What are one of those qualities that you appreciate Pastor Luthi when he initiated this report? What would you say, if a man was listening, what was one of those qualities he had that, that made him want to do this in preparation for the transition? I think at the very heart of it, Pastor Luthi wanted the church to do what was best for the church. It wasn't about him. There you go. And so there, there was a humility there. Um, and even in requesting a review right before retirement, he was opening himself up for criticism, for criticism about 15 min- years of ministry. Yeah. And, and he was willing to do that for the good of the church. That's right. In our private conversations, it, it was the same. Anything I can do to help you, to encourage you, um, it, it was not a competition. Mm. Yeah, the way I viewed one of my discussions with Pastor Luthi, what I appreciate so much was he realized this church belongs to Christ. He had been given the mm-hmm. opportunity to pastor there many years, and he wanted it going stronger in the future. And I tell you that, it's just such a great quality, like you said, of humility so I just want to challenge other pastors that if you're transitioning or thinking of transitioning, set the church up for success, humanly speaking, the best you can. And don't try to guard or defend yourself because it would be very easy to do that. But I did want to bring that in about the tremendous qualities of Pastor Luthi and Ms. Luthi as they were willing to be reviewed here. All right, so now you are there. Uh, you've been at Grace Baptist for about a year. What expectations did you have coming in that you thought the review helped you get ready for? I mean, you said there were some recommended changes, but what was some low-hanging fruit there, one of those changes maybe? Sure. One of the quickest and easiest things was just installing windows on our Sunday school classroom doors for for safety and child protection. Yeah. We were immediately able to, to do that, order window inserts. Hmm. And we had uh, individuals in the church who were able to install those yeah. low-cost, easy fix. Because what your your Sunday school rooms, once the door was closed, your kids nobody could see in, right? So that was, that's right. That was a problem there. All right, let's go the opposite way. Now you've been there a year. What maybe is taking longer, or may not have even started yet? Uh, some of the recommendations. So what have you found that just takes a long time, or longer than maybe originally thought? Sure. Even um, some of the areas that have taken a little bit longer, we we wanted to intentionally shift the church to a discipleship mindset. Mm-hmm. And one of the realities, if you're going to go through a discipleship process, uh, apart from your members who are already here, and hopefully bringing folks in, seeing them saved, and having the opportunity to provide uh, biblical guidance and spiritual growth, well, you, you have to have people coming in. <laughs> and that that has been a challenge where we are, are developing a culture of, of invitation, bringing friends to church so that week after week, you're not preaching to the, you know, the same group of, of 30 people. 
Mm. But having new uh, folks and, and fresh ideas and fresh insight, but all of that to even provide some excitement. We want to, to do outreach. We want to be involved in discipleship. But one of, the, one of the needs behind that was to increase our individual members' ministry involvement, whether that was special music, additional work on work days, projects during the week, uh, because even that little bit of change created excitement. And now we're seeing folks who are wanting to bring people in to, to show them what is, what is happening at Grace. Amen. Now, I think when you got there, the church was how many people? So our audience will have an idea. If everyone shows up, we have 50. Okay, but, right. but the reality is normally about 30, so, right? Right. Reality yeah. is probably our typical Sunday is around 35. Okay, and your wife plays the piano. That's correct. So basically, a typical church of 35, you've got a few people doing a whole lot of work. That's right. All right, but you're trying to spread that. Is that what you're trying to say? Exactly. We're trying to increase areas of, of service, e even things that will improve something like our morning worship service by having special music, providing opportunities to pray before offerings, mm. uh, where, where individual members are taking additional ownership of parts of the service or ministry. Did they see the need for that, or, or how did you introduce that to them? Well, it, it has been a, a slow process. Part of what happened was immediately after the consultant report, there was a desire for change and growth within the church. Um, I would describe it as you get used to what you know every day. And so the church consultant report provided fresh eyes. And so our, our members were excited Sometimes they were running, you know, 100 yards ahead of, <laughs> of where I could keep up. Right. But we're trying to, to maintain that process and growth. Now, there are other areas where individually they did not see the area or didn't see the need or someone else brought the need up in the church consultant's report. And so there's been an additional education process as we discuss these areas. One of the things after being here about six months that gave me enough time to review the report and compare it against what was going on in the ministry. Okay. And so I, I actually took the report and turned it into a PowerPoint presentation. We listed all of the recommendations that were made in the report and then added to it everything that our leadership team had come up with that also needed to be done. Hmm. And so at this point, the report is almost twice the size <laughs> of, of what it had been. But we reviewed those as a church, one by one. Here's what we've accomplished. Here's what we have yet to accomplish. Here's the plan going forward in each of these areas. And so it really laid the, um, the foundation, kind of provided the structure of our church plan and blueprint going forward. And so that excited the church about each of these changes. They were excited to see these things implemented as the church was going forward. All right, let me ask you this, because I also pastor a very small church. When people come, I think it's important that you're able to present vision. Okay, so as you present vision of where you think the church is going, a small church, this is a lot of what you have to have people to come and shoulder the ministry with you. Is that a fair way to say that? Yes, yes, definitely. And, you know, coming in, even as a candidate, I presented the reality that 
Grace has been blessed as a church. We've been here since 1953, and um, we do have a, a wonderful facility to meet. We have a great location, and the church had experienced exceptional Bible teaching under mm. Pastor Luthi for over 15 years. Right. And so there was a, a solid foundation from a facility, spiritual perspective. But essentially, the, the discussion was the reality that we can't hoard the riches of God's grace to ourselves. Mm. We need to get outside the walls of the building and make sure that what's going on here is, is impacting our lives through the week and affecting our interactions with the community. And we're not changing the, the basic beliefs of the church or any of that foundation. I didn't come in to tear down and rebuild the church. Right, but we, we might repaint it. <laughs> that, that, that was the yeah, idea. I think you did some of that this past year, didn't you? <laughs> we, we did. Yeah, yeah. All right, again, you're building on the foundation Pastor Luthi laid there for 15 years. And now you're trying to take it to the next level with people being involved in, in the disciple-making process. Without getting too personal here, so you're, you, know, you have one child. You didn't go into a ready-made youth group as a small church. And your son, how old is Daniel now? Daniel is almost three. Okay, so on a typical Sunday morning, how many children his age are in the church? We usually have him and one other child, usually two or three at the most. So that's an opportunity to grow that end of ministry. Are there any frustrations? Not frustrations is not the right word. Any challenges you see? that you would encourage another pastor and his wife, a few children in the church, well, how would you encourage them? Well, you know, one of the areas that has been a challenge for us is when we have young families who come into the church, they look at their children and they say, well, where do they fit in? Mm. And so, so some of the things that we've done is we, we've expanded some of our children's age groups a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it widened that out so there are more people in that room. We've also tried to just refresh some of those ministries. We want to make sure that every ministry in the children's program is not just for the children who are here, but it's providing an avenue for them to invite their friends and folks they go to school with, where it, it will be a group where people can come, be welcomed. One of the things that happens over a period of time is you start to get in a rut. You do the same same old thing. You come in, you, you teach the lesson, uh, work through it, but maybe you stop doing some of the things that provide excitement or uh, something that's attractive mm-hmm. for children. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes the easy way. Well, we don't have anybody new here, so why would we do the extra? You, you know, they, they saw that before. Right. So working on changing that, that mindset and that culture. And one of the things that, that I have repeated over and over again is we are establishing and setting up the ministry, not for where we are today, but where, where we think God is leading us in the future. Okay. So that means sometimes we're doing things a little bit harder, right, with the, mm-hmm. with the idea that we're planning for growth. Great, great. And I think the, uh, for, the, for our sake of our listeners, our conversation about the consultation report, that's simply a blueprint. It is not inspired, right? So as you get into right. the middle of this, you can tweak that. You, you, you know, your church can just say, okay, that's an idea, but we, care, we want to run with it differently. Is that fair to say it that way? Definitely. And, you know, there were things that in reading the report where it provided an outline and then 
you know, you ask additional questions and, and you finally get the nuance, right? Or yeah. when someone responds to the survey and, and they're upset about this, well, a lot of times there's a backstory yeah, uh, yeah. behind that that, you know, yeah. fills in the details. Right. All right. Um, we have about two or three minutes here. Anything else that you would like to just say, okay, Patrick is at the time of retirement. Anything you would tell him of why he should consider possibly having a church review before he leaves? I would say that from the pastor coming in behind that individual, the amount of preparation that, that this consultant report provided for us, uh, even in preparing the hearts of our people for change, hmm. uh, helping them to come to grips with the reality of a pastoral change, even in preparing preparing them that, okay, that there will be someone coming in and they're not going to do everything the same way. That prepared our members' hearts hmm. for that transition in, in a way that I, I don't know that would have been possible apart from the having an outside perspective. Okay, good, good. Um, anything else on that? Did Anya find anything in the women's ministry helpful? Anya has been active. We, we were able to restart uh, the women's ministry. Okay. We now have a ladies' Bible study hmm. every month going on. And we're about to begin a seniors ministry as well. One of the things that I think happens in a small church is everybody gets lumped together, regardless yeah. of age group. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's only 35 of us, so what, we don't segment as much. And sometimes I think there are specific needs of those age groups or categories that get left out. And so um, some of those needs and, and the issues that where individual people felt like, boy, I didn't have a class where I fit in, um, were displayed on their responses to the church survey. And then as a result of that, we've started implementing some of those things to, right. to help encourage them right. in their walk. All right. Well, this has been very helpful, John. Thank you. And again, the whole purpose of this was just to encourage churches. There are these available. These church consultations is what I do with GFA. You can contact me at mfant at gfamissions.org. As a pastor, we did this with our church about every five years. So I would like to encourage other churches to take advantage of what's available. Contact me. And again, John, give your email address in case somebody wants to contact you about advantages you have seen through this. Sure. My email is turner, T-U-R-N-E-R-J, and the number two at gmail.com. So turnerj2 at gmail.com, and John be happy to help you with that. John, thanks so much. And uh, we'll try to catch up again on another topic. All right. Thank you. God bless. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org consulting.